Well, good morning, uh, Redeemer King. Um, good morning from wherever you are this morning. And I have to wish all you mothers a fantastic Mother's Day. Um, may, may the blessing of being spoilt rotten be yours today because um, you really deserve it. Uh, just have a fantastic day. Um, I've been asked to do the next study from the book of uh, uh, Philippines and in uh, a few moments we're, we're going to read as we co progress through my talk this morning from Philippines chapter 3 verses 12 uh, to 21 but we'll get to that in, in a, a few minutes. It's just um, wonderful to see you although I can't see you. Uh, you can see me, but I can't see you, but I, I do trust that you'll get something from God's Word um, this morning. Um, we've often heard it said um, that there is nobody perfect, and, you know, that is, that is absolutely true. If, um, if, if you're married, um, maybe, maybe before you got married, you thought you were marrying Mr. Perfect, or maybe you thought you were marrying Miss Perfect. But, but believe me, it, it doesn't take too long before you realize, hey, these people, this person that I've married has his or her imperfections just in exactly the same way um, as I do. And guess what? When it comes to uh, imperfections, guess what? We are in good company. Uh, we can put ourselves in the uh, company of the likes of the Apostle Paul. Imagine that. Uh, Paul, in the passage of Scripture that we are going to look at, uh, he had to admit, I haven't arrived as yet. I, I'm, I'm not perfect. But guess what? Even though he said he was not perfect, that didn't mean that he didn't want to better himself. That didn't mean that he wasn't making perfection a kind of goal in, in his life. And um, we're not perfect, but that doesn't mean that we will not do anything about it. We should try to better ourselves. And that's basically what I want to talk about this morning. Um, the great Scottish missionary, David Livingstone, was on furlough once um, from Africa. And um, somebody asked him, where, where do you want to go? And his reply was wonderful. He said, uh, I will go anywhere as long as I am moving forward. And in the Christian life, uh, we don't want to remain static. We don't want to go back. We want to move forward. If you want, we need to better ourselves. We need to improve ourselves. And in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at, um, Paul gives us some, some principles, I believe, that will help us to, to better ourselves, to, to, to be more Christ-like, to reach our goal, to hear the well-done faithful servant from Jesus Christ. So three things um, this morning. Um, Briefly, um, it's always a good thing to take notes if you're that way inclined. The first thing we need to do is that we need to be single-minded. Now, I'm going to read to you verses 12 
to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, though you see, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. First of all, you've got to be, if you want to better yourself, you need to be single-minded. Now, Paul admits his shortcomings. He says, I haven't attained all this yet. Uh, he, he has not arrived as as yet. Now, if you think you've arrived in the Christian life, I say that laughing a little bit, if you think that you've arrived in the Christian life, then you've got nothing to aim for. You can't make yourself any better than what you are now if you think, well, you've reached your goal. No, that's not the case, is it? Once again, we put our hands on our hearts and we admit to the fact, hey, we haven't arrived as yet. So he admits his shortcomings and he says, this one thing I do, if I'm going to reach my goal, if I'm going to better myself, this is a thing I've got to do. This one thing I've got to do. And he, he mentions two things here very briefly. He says, forget what is behind you. Well, I'm sure Paul had the um, had the image of um, runners and athletes. Um, I, I'm I'm inclined to think that if the Apostle Paul was around today, and if the Olympic Games were on the television, he would he would sit down and and he would watch the Olympic Games. He I can imagine him Paul amongst the crowd looking at the at the athletes and. Um, this kind of imagery is, is throughout the teaching of the ap Apostle Paul, um, soldiers, athletes, um, etc. Et and I'm sure he has in, in mind the, the, the runner here. And he says, forget what is behind you. If you want to better yourself, if you want to reach your goal, you can't live the Christian life looking over your shoulder. Um, Unfortunately, we, we remember what we should forget and we forget what we should remember. I've been in pastoral ministry, as you know, for um, a lot of years now. And uh, I have to say I've met a lot of elephant Christians. And <laughs> by that, uh, I don't mean elephant in the sense of size. I don't mean that. No, please um, but they've got they've got elephant blood. You know, elephant. It's the it's the animal that is known for the fact that it never forgets. And I have met Christians who cannot get on in their Christian lives because they just can't forget about something that happened in the past, some injustice, maybe even some sin that they committed, and they can't better themselves. They can't move on because they're always looking behind. 
Oh, my encouragement to you this morning is be single-minded. Forget what is behind. Because we can't, we, we will not make progress if we're always looking over ourselves, we'll, our shoulders. We'll never better ourselves. And then he says, strain towards what is ahead. You know, like the, the runners in the Olympic game when they're coming to the finishing tape, they, ooh, they strain. So it requires a bit of effort, doesn't it? Uh, if you want to better yourself, if you want to make progress in the Christian life, it, it does require effort. It's just not a matter of looking behind, but it's also straining towards the finishing tape, taking hold of the reason for which Christ took hold of us. You see, on the day we gave our lives to Christ, He got a hold of our lives. And now we have to get a hold of the reason that Jesus got a hold of us. And that was to be like Him, to serve Him, to hear His well done. And we need to strain towards that. Paul wanted to hear the well done of, of Jesus. We need to be like an athlete going for gold. <laughs> yeah, don't go for bronze. Don't go for silver. Go for gold. Going for gold. There used to be a television program called that, didn't there? Going for gold. I, I love to read biographies and um, many years ago there was an American missionary by the name of um, William Borden. He wanted to go to uh, China uh, to serve the Lord there and on, on his way to China he stopped off in Cairo in uh, Egypt where sadly, uh, unexpectedly I think, he got meningitis or something like that, but tragically he died, and uh, he was just a very young man. When they were going through his personal belongings after his uh, funeral, they came across a, a, a slip of paper, and he had written uh, these words on it, beautiful words, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. Wow. That was a young man who was going for gold. He was straining towards what was ahead. Even though he died so, so young. So, you want to better yourself? I think that's the kind of theme that carries through here. Well, be, be single-minded. This one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind. Straining towards that which is ahead. Secondly, I also think that we need to follow godly examples. I want to read these words to you again from the passage that we are looking at, verses um, 15 uh, through to 19. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. 
For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Oh, the, the language, he doesn't mince his words here, does he? Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Their mind is on earthly things. If you want to better yourself, follow godly examples. Now here Paul says, and just think about this for a second, he's saying, follow me. If you, if you want to know how you should conduct yourself as a, as a, as a Christian, then, then follow me. In actual fact, uh, he uses that expression something like six times, I think, in uh, his, uh, his race. Now, he's not being big-headed. <laughs> we might think that he was. Wow, imagine saying that. Imagine if I got up one Sunday morning at um, RK Church when eventually we all get together, or Carl or, or Steve get up and says, now follow me. Now we would think, oh, that's being a bit big-headed. Uh, it comes across as being almost a big-headed big that somebody could say something like that. But he's not being big-headed because he's already said, look, I'm not perfect, but I do have a life that is exemplary. If you want to better yourselves, then get alongside godly examples. That I, I believe that is is so important. You, you know, over the years, um, I I have read hundreds of books, if not if not maybe even thousands of books. I I, I don't know. I, I've read a lot of books, and it's good to read. I would encourage you to read. Um, it can develop us. It can help us to mature. But setting all of those books aside, um, getting alongside godly people has enhanced my walk with Jesus more than anything else. More than all the books I've read, I've learned more from godly examples. My mind takes me back to um, a dear brother in Dublin, in Dublin's fair city. Noel was a great guy who had his fair share of difficulties. But what an example he was. I, I believe I'm a better man today because I, I knew Noel, because he knew how to rejoice in situations that were heartbreaking, and he was such an example. Do, do, do you want to improve your prayer life? Do you, do, you want to, do you want to be a better witness for Jesus? Do you want to have, do you want to have victory over, over habits? Um, then, then rub shoulders with people who are further on than what you are. Even after today, I thank God for 
the influence of a godly life, because we all influence people either in a positive way or in a negative way. But I, I, want, to, I want to influence people in a positive way. And I want to be around people who are just a little bit further on than what we are, who can help me to better myself. Maybe I'm talking to some young married couples out there. The Lord bless you. May you have a fantastic journey. I had almost 47 years with my wonderful Vivian. And maybe you're having some difficulties. I, 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 don't, I don't know. But you want, you want to better your marriage. Then get alongside um, godly examples of a, of a good marriage. Learn from them. How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? How can I be a, a better mother on this Mother's Day? May we all have lifestyles worth duplicating. I wrote this down. It is impossible to assess the power of a godly example. I'll say that again. It is impossible to assess the power of a godly example. So Paul says... Be single-minded. You want to better yourself? Follow godly examples. But listen, just as, there, just as there are people who we should embrace, so also there are people that we should avoid. In verses 18 and, and 19, uh, I read it, I'll read it to you again. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is in their stomach. And the glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Now, Steve talked a little bit about this last week, that there was people that was infiltrating the, the, the church and were professing to be Christians. And, and there's, there seems to be a... Two groups of people. They were they were the legalist, who says, you know, all right, you need Jesus, but in addition to Jesus, you also need to keep all these laws and rules and regulations, circumcision, keeping certain days uh, holy, um, food laws, etc. All of that, and uh, that was a danger. But to the other extreme, there was a group of people who said, you know, you can live your life any way you want to. Because guess what? God's grace is so wonderful that when we confess our sins, God will forgive us. Now, both extremes are dangerous. Just because God's grace has saved us does not mean that we continue to live our lives any way that we want to because he'll always forgive us. No, that's bad theology. Unfortunately, the only exercise some people get is when they jump to wrong conclusions. So don't jump to wrong conclusions about God's grace. Yeah, he's there to forgive us, but don't make God's grace an excuse to just live in your life any way you want. I often think about that woman who was taken into taken in adultery in John chapter 8, and they brought her to Jesus and he said now this woman has done this and that now she deserves to to die and 
Jesus bends down and he writes on the ground and people have often wondered what was he writing? I don't know. But he got up and he says, let, let the one who is without sin throw the first stone and one by one off they went. My, that was grace. Wasn't that grace that Jesus entered into that woman's life? But then he said this to her. He says, where are those that condemn you? And she says, nowhere, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. And then he says this, go and sin no more. Because of grace, go and sin no more. In fact, I love the book of Titus in chapter 2 and verse 11 and 12, I think, that says that the grace of God has appeared, teaching us uh, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live self-controlled lives as we look for the return of Jesus Christ. So God's grace teaches us. And if you're wrong, and these people seem to have infiltrated the church, this is a sad thing like, you know, follow godly examples, embrace them, but, but avoid people that will take you in the opposite direction, who, as Paul says here, their mind is on earthly things. Be single-minded. Follow godly examples if you want to better your life. Embrace those that will make you more like Jesus and avoid those who, who won't. And then, the last thing, and I, I try to find a, a if I think there's a common theme in a passage of Scripture, the last thing I want to say is this. Remember your citizenship. Um, let me read to you what it says here. Verses 20 and 21. These are, these are great verses. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, oh, that's pretty powerful, that, isn't it? Will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow! Remember your citizenship if you want to better your life. Now, when Paul talks about um, citizenship, this would have struck a chord with um, the church at Philippi. Um, because the people there, they, they were residents in Philippi, but yet they were citizens of Rome. Philippi was... Um, was a Roman colony. Um, the Apostle Paul, he was a Roman citizen. Uh, actually, on one occasion, he used that in his de defense. Uh, are you going to beat me or, or, or still? Hey, I'm I'm a you Romans remember this. I'm a I'm a Roman citizen, and uh, and so they, <coughs> excuse me, they resided in Philippi, but yet they were citizens of Rome. Um, that was their, where their true 
citizenship was. If you go on, on uh, a trip, if you go on a, a, a journey, hopefully this summer, <laughs> maybe we'll be able to get to sunny Spain. I don't know. Um, but we hope that our traveling will not be curtailed too much. But we, we are citizens of the UK. If we go into Spain or Greece or wherever, we'll take our passport, which says citizens of the, of the UK. And as citizens of the UK, when we're abroad, well, we don't want people in France and, and Germany and Spanish to think that we're not nice people. So we, we behave ourselves in a certain way. At least we should. At least we should. We are citizens of the UK, but we are also citizens of heaven. So that means that we march to a different drumbeat, doesn't it? That means that we live better lives, I think, down here. This should inspire us, I believe, to, to live better lives for Jesus, to carry on striving towards our goal, because we, re we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you think about heaven, what do you think it's like? Well, in heaven it's a, it's a holy place, it's a happy place, it's a joyful place, it's an obedient place. You just imagine what heaven is like with Jesus there and those who have gone on before us. And because we are citizens of heaven, we should be inspired to be better people on earth. I've got something I want to read to you. Um, if you can just bear with me. But this sums up beautifully what I'm talking about here. There was a man in the first century, we're going back a couple thousand years ago now, by the name of... Uh, Diognetus, um, who asked the question, what, what's different about Christians? And then somebody, somebody wrote to him, and uh, listen to these words as I, as I read them to you. Christians are distinguished from other men, neither by country nor language. Living in such places as a lot of each has determined and following the customs of the natives in respect to clothing, food, and the rest of their ordinary conduct. They display their wonderful and confessedly striking method of life. They dwell in their own countries but simply as sojourners. As citizens, they share in all things with others and yet endure all things as foreigners. Every foreign land is to them as their native country and every land of their birth as a land of strangers. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass
pass the laws by their lives. They are reviled and they bless. I think that is beautiful. In other words, in this world, we're, we're aliens. Oh, I'm just thinking about that movie Alien. You remember? <laughs> remember when that alien burst out of the chest of um, John Hurt? Incidentally, I, I just found out recently John Hurt, the actor, was born in Chesterfield in 1940. His greatest claim to fame, he was born in Chesterfield. But we're aliens in this world, friends. That's why we don't behave in the same way. That's why we march to a different beat. And look what he says here in conclusion. He says, And we, and we eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. From heaven where our citizenship is, Jesus is coming and he's going to change. He's going to change our lowly bodies. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. No more aches and pains. So that it will be like his glorious body and guess what then we will be perfect then we will be perfect we're on a journey towards perfection but until we get there let's strive to be better eh if I'm going to be a Christian I want to be the best possible one that I can be single-minded Follow godly examples and remember your citizenship. And if you do those things, I, I just think it will help you to better your life as a Christian and will be uh, a real godly witness in a world which at this present time just seems to be going crazy. Can we just, can we just have a word of prayer? We thank you, Lord, for your word. It's quick and it's powerful. And something that was written a couple of thousand years ago to a group of Christians in a place called Philippi can have such a bearing upon our lives now. And we ask you that we'll take hold of your word and we'll apply it in our lives like like never before help us to become all that you've determined that we should become in this life help us to better ourselves and may our lives be examples uh, may the blessing of almighty god rest upon us all now in jesus name amen amen the lord bless you and uh, have a real good day Amen.